We are all unique, and how each of us moves through life by working with the unseen, spiritual parts of us looks different. If one way you access support is through books, and you haven't tried the Soulquake Survival Guide yet, today's a great day to try it before you buy it. Head to the show notes where I have a link for you to receive a free PDF of the first chapter. Enjoy the first chapter, and if you love it, you can find it on Amazon Worldwide in paperback, audio, and ebook. Your journey matters, my friend, and reviving your connection to spirit in earth-shaking times can be a game changer. Welcome to Enthusiastically Spiritual. I'm your host, Teresa Schantz. I am an enthusiastic soul passionate about the spiritual part of life. Spirituality today is like an indulgent dessert buffet filled to the brim with unique offerings and services from amazing souls around the world. Join me in chowing down on some mini morsel bites to satisfy your spiritual sweet tooth starting now. Waking up spiritually. Being in tune with who you are as a soul and understanding your bigger spiritual picture for your life is ultimately a big part of what you're here to experience. You're here to reawaken, remember, and embrace that special spiritual part of your journey along the way. As we each move forward on our journeys, there will be things in the middle of our roads like pitfalls, sometimes roadblocks, and perhaps even some obstacles to move through. Gathering tools and finding others who can support you as you move through your enfoldment is key to having smoother transitions, regrouping what you are learning along the way, and feeling like you are making strides in the midst of life's shifts and changes. So wherever you are in the chapter of your book called Waking Up Spiritually, it is good to know that you don't have to do this alone. Today, I've invited a guest that has embraced her unique journey and uses her life as a role model for others to access their own spiritual light. Her name is Paige Frazone, and she is a soul-powered, certified lifeline practitioner. As a loyal student and client of alternative medicine, contemplative psychology, and cognitive therapies, Paige votes the lifeline technique as the most elaborate and effective system of them all. Having started therapy as young as seven, overcoming multiple diagnoses, and combating years of stagnance in recovery, Paige lives and breathes the lifeline technique as her self-saving grace. The depths of her experiences fuel her passion to help those who desire wellness. When she's not practicing the lifeline, Paige is also a body-based writing coach and poet who helps clients access their innate, intuitive abilities through embodied awareness. As a heart-centered empath and creator, Paige's love for growth and expansion fuels her work with those who seek the same. Let's join in on the conversation. Welcome, Paige. I'm so excited to have you on for my listeners to learn all about you and what you're here to share with us today. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to connect today. 
Well, you know, what I love about having unique guests on, and I say unique because we're all unique vibrationally. We all have different resonances energetically. And it's really cool because um, my listeners can really get a taste of each person and what they are bringing really to the table for their life, as well as for helping lead others into understanding who they are energetically and as a spiritual being. So I would love to start this conversation with Paige, if you would share a little bit about your journey and who you are. Absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, it's been a winding road as it usually is. And throughout life, we really work to gain particular vocabulary and context for the why behind certain things happening to us, right? That's the perception is that things happen to us. And ultimately my hope for myself and for everybody is to get to a place where we really can understand that things are always happening for us instead. And so I came into the world with seven years off the bat of night terrors and Ultimately, that was an experience that informed the rest of my life, which I now understand why developmentally, because neuroscientifically from conception of seven, those are most formative years. That's the wet cement of the brain. And so those types of patterns and behaviors start to dictate the rest of our life. So I went to bed every single night knowing I was going to be personally and spiritually and energetically invaded. And there was nothing that I could do to stop it. I had no recollection of those things the next morning. I would wake up screaming bloody murder. I would try every routine under the sun. I would have images, but I, again, I wouldn't remember them the next day to be able to really make sense of them. And I was such a young kid that, you know, I just kind of had to get to a place of resigning and figuring like, this is just what it's supposed to be. So this paradigm around suffering became very familiar very early on. And the doctors didn't know what was going on. I was in therapy since age seven and just telling them about my playful days as a kid. And um, there was no correlation between the conscious and subconscious minds at those time, at that time to be able to really help us understand what was going on. So they stopped at seven. I had some help from my aunt who was seeing a healer who tapped into my field with my consent. And um, they kind of just ended after my connection with her. Really beautiful story is that all these years later, after moving out to Colorado, I did actually end up meeting that healer in person who's like one of my nearest and dearest now. She's family. And so um, that night terror experience was terrifying and introduced me to all types of concepts around past life trauma, intergenerational trauma, spirit, you know, conversations, soul wounds, psychic attacks, lower level beings, entities, all types of things. And so That was not the first and only time of my life where those types of experiences showed up. And in fact, in my recent years, I'd say in the last eight years of my life, I've had more bouts of spiritual emergency is really what I think the transpersonal psychology word for it would be. And um, I've had sleep paralysis. I've had months of no sleep, just medical emergencies of my body forgetting, you know, what to do. And I've had a lot of entity conversations of, things attaching to me and, you know, not being able to sleep because I know the second I go to bed, that invasion is happening. And so there's nothing quite like, you know, that level of invasion when people talk about invasion, you know, or boundaries being crossed a lot of the time in society, it's a physical boundary. And, you know, that in itself is its own tragedy, but I find it so important to talk about spiritual personal invasion because those types of boundaries that get crossed. Sometimes we don't even know we have boundaries that get crossed until later. Right. And that too is something to tend to. And it's a little bit more etheric for people to understand because it sounds kind of like 
silly or crazy or whatever they want to label it, but it's so real. And so many people have these experiences. And so many people don't understand at all what it's about. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, I mean, some of it could be this lifetime, some could be past lifetimes, some could be other people's energies that are working on you or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I too have had that happen. I had it happen in um, my first time was in Hawaii years ago when I wasn't spiritual, wasn't open or anything. And one night I just woke up screaming and fighting. And, and when someone asked what happened, I just said there were two things attacking me. And I, and that's, that's as far as I could take it at that point. Cause I knew nothing about, you know, past lives or, or it's, what had really gone on on the land over there and the land that was previously over in the Hawaiian area. But it was, it was frightening. Yeah, it really was. And not understanding at all what was going on energetically and being that we're all sensitive souls coming in and having no understanding. So you said uh, up until seven, that's when they stopped. You work with that healer. And then how did you get to where you're at now? I mean, I know it's quite a few years later, but like the the path of unfolding and how did that kind of happen for you, Paige? Well, you know, worse before better, as we say, right? It definitely manifested in my um, teen years, as far as depression and anxiety, there was tons of instability. I went to school. I developed an eating disorder. Um, I was in and out of school for so many years, working so hard to just get by and was absolutely thrown into survival mode for most of my life. And ultimately the precipice or the foundation of the eating disorder. And there's so many for different people. It's very subjective. Um, for me, it was anorexia and it was based on this idealistic thought, right? The mind is so powerful. There was one thought that just the trajectory of that thought spun me into chaos for so many years. The thought was, if God forbid something happened to me, if I was kidnapped, if somebody hurt me, I would need to be able to survive without food and water for an extended period of time. And that thought came from somewhere you know, that thought I embodied and I took it as truth and I started creating rules for myself. And I created a structure of how I needed to survive in a very perceived scary world. And so not until this moment did I really realize the depth of those interconnections, because again, those conception of seven years form the rest of our lives. And while the eating disorder served so many purposes and it actually developed for so many reasons, not just that one, right? Um, It was so brilliant. And so it took me maybe six years to finish my undergrad and six different cycles of treatment centers. And, you know, I'm still in a place of really deeply integrating that experience for me, knowing that, you know, body conversations are still present and me being a soul in a human body is very confusing. And there's a lot of distortion and a lot of dysmorphia but I don't pathologize it is the difference, right? Like I understand the value of diagnoses and they're so healing for the moments that they're healing, but they're also um, a mode in which people stay stuck. And I experienced both of those things. And so um, I went to, you know, two different colleges. I finally finished my, you know, degree with creative writing, English literature and contemplative psychology And one of the most formative and transformative units that I studied was transpersonal psychology for this reason, because it's an exploration of what is beyond the self and what we perceive to be self and what we perceive to be the beyond. And so I remember I was in a bout of this insomnia slash, you know, sleep paralysis conversation. And I walked into 
this class and they're talking about the difference between spiritual emergence and spiritual emergency and how the difference between the two is a matter of whose hands you're in when you're in crisis. Because if you're in Eastern Western medicine hands, they're going to call it spiritual emergence, that you are emerging into a next version of yourself, into a heightened awareness, a different realm, that you have gifts and capabilities and that you are unique and perfect as you are and that there's a reason for why things are happening. Western medicine treats it as pathology, right? We know this capitalist top-down society that is pill-popping, that is band-aiding by nature, that does not observe the root, that does enforce and enable psychosis and, you know, neuroses. And so that is just my experience for both sides, as well as just from like an actual factual standpoint. Um, and so to have vocabulary for the very first time of, oh, I'm experiencing lower level vibrations. And the hardest part of that journey was for me to take accountability of my co-creative role in it right? I would never have chosen in a million years for that to have happened to me. But at the same time, I did not acknowledge that me and the eating disorder and me with self-harm and me with all of these lower vibrational behaviors, it was contributing to those experiences. I know it for a fact. I know that when I self-harmed, I would be visited by certain beings and entities those particular nights. And so when I could start to make that correlation between, wow, I'm literally wounding myself and then I'm inviting predators into my sphere, right? That I don't have any spiritual boundaries and I don't have any, you know, perceived sense of purpose on the planet. So like I wasn't coming from a strong place. And when I could start to see that there were repercussions for my self-inflicted pain, I woke up and it took a while. Because at first I was still in that victim mentality and I was like, hang on a second, I'm already struggling so much. Is the universe telling me that I'm being punished for struggling? Like, that's not cool, right? Like, that's not cool. That's not part of my spiritual belief system. And it really shook everything that I formerly perceived to be true about my guidance, about the universe, about why we're here. And I swear, like to this day, I just look back on those experiences because I experienced like you with your scary moments in Hawaii. I experienced my soul being ripped from my body. I viscerally experienced it. I felt it. I embodied it. Um, there are so many nights where I'm screaming and I and I, nothing's coming out because it's just I'm being held down. And so, you know, I was brought to my knees. Like that was the only justification. That was the only thing that was going to help and I knew that I had to raise my vibration. And so when I see people who have spiritual trauma, psychic attacks, when they have insomnia, you know, they're trying a million and a half things. And I understand that struggle because it's not quite external to be able to remedy that. That is a vibrational conversation. Oof, and that's why this conversation is so important, Paige, because people need to understand. And I know that everyone's at where they're at consciously, right? I mean, they're wherever they're at, it's at, in their journey, but more and more people are understanding that the Western part of medicating, putting them in a psychic ward, whatever, is not doing anything. And then they get back out and they're in the same place because a lot of it, and I'm not to say it's all that, but a lot of it is energy yeah. and having these attacks, like you've mentioned, and, and, you know, like the one I had and other times I've experienced, you know, dark um, entities and beings too, it's understanding that and figuring out how to move through it. And also not only having those experiences, but it can also be real subtle. 
Mm-hmm. So um, the work that I do, we work with different types of souls and one we call is a D soul. And so D souls are souls that are right on us. Like it, it is basically, you feel like it's you. And I had an experience yesterday. It's so funny. We talk about these things and have these conversations. And then right the day before I have an experience and I'm driving home and I'm like in a great place. I'm like, you know, I had a really good dinner with my husband. I had a good day. And all of a sudden these negative thoughts started coming in oh, you know, you're no good and you can't do this. And then I started, and I know when, when spirits come around me because I get really heated. And then I started getting heated up and I'm like, this is not me. And I've got chills, I'm telling you this. And so it's those subtle ways too. And it's understanding that, God, it could be as intense as, you know, night terrors and attacks, or it could be as subtle as that shit that comes in my head that tells me I'm not worthy, I'm not good, And then I allow it to come in and then I just go right down that path of, oh, I'm in crapville now versus that is not me, which is where I went. Thank goodness with what I, you know, understand and, and, you know, work with is I'm like, that damn is not me. So my husband and I were regrouping about this morning, but so sharing this information for the listeners and other people, it's just so important to understand there's different levels of this energy that affects us every single freaking day we're here. Yes. And this is how do we work with it? Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that because, you know, this is about making spiritual principles digestible to people. It isn't about woo woo, new age, whatever, whatever. This is about being an embodied human with a spiritual experience, being a soul with a human experience, right? It's both. And so when we understand that our thoughts are programmed and that the subconscious mind, which is 90 to 98% of the brain, it's the invisible reactive autonomic part of us. It's the knee jerk reaction. And so those thoughts that are hamster wheels that are going all the time that are saying, I'm not worthy, I'm not valuable. Would we ever choose to think that way? Hell no. Right. And so all that to say that when you can bring your conscious awareness, which obviously you did and what you just shared of like, hang on a second, where's that coming from? And why is that showing up right now? And where am, where am I in environment? You know, where's my environment and, and what is it giving me? We're always processing sensorily, right? Like sensationally with our sense it, senses and our sensory receptors. And so there's so much more going on in every single millisecond than what we consciously are aware of. So we have to take that moment to pause. We have to bring that conscious awareness to that automatic reel that's going on. And so the fact that you can pair that physical heated body sensation with that cognition is brilliant because that's your, like I call it your code. Like that's the way that you receive your spirit information, your guidance. And so many people are walking around so disembodied. And obviously I raised my hand too, because that was my whole life, but that's why I'm so passionate about what I know now, because when we have those thoughts and we aren't connected to our body, we don't have that vehicle to support that they might not actually be our thoughts. And so we start identifying with those thoughts and those stories get created and it's really, you know, dictates our behavior. And then we don't take accountability for those thoughts and we start living as them. And so if people can tune into their body, when they do that, they can start to see, oh, when I had that thought, I actually had a reaction, my stomach dropped. And so I know it's not in alignment, right? I know that's not even mine. Or maybe I'm starting to get this headache and like I'm around this person that just like, you know, is really low energy. And so maybe it's not mine. And so being able to just ask the question, being able to have the training and the self-discipline to say, 
Where is that coming from? And for people who are thinking all the time, this is a little bit trickier because they're enmeshed with all of the thoughts 24 7, 365. And I know that life too. But when we start developing mind, body, spirit practices, and when we can get into our sense of like capital S self, then we have more discernment ability. We can say, hang on a second. My mind's actually pretty present. I'm pretty quiet most of the time. So when a negative thought comes in, it hits me that much harder, which sounds like that's what happened for you, right? It did. Yeah. And it actually, it's happened quite a bit lately. So my discernment has increased quite a bit. And I'm, I'm um, saying that's for, you know, like wherever I'm at energetically, but also like all that we've had going on energetically with all the planets and the eclipses and the portals and whatever, you know, people believe and work with out in the field, but there's so much going on at all kinds of levels energetically. So for myself, yeah, that's one um, thing that happened yesterday, but it's been happening to myself. And also my husband too has recognized things just coming in, like literally the energy is coming in at him and it's been real prevalent lately. I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. because of just where we're at collectively with the energies and, or where we're at, but it's, um, it's that understanding. And like you're saying, just that awareness, that's, so important. And so, you know, giving tools and techniques for people to really start tuning into when those thoughts come in or what they're feeling is so important. So let's talk a little bit, Paige, about some of the tools you use and how you work with, with um, the lifeline technique and other, you know, uh, things you work with. So I'd love for you to share sure. a little bit about that. Yeah. So the lifeline technique is a brilliant subconscious healing system. It's all about emotional processing and locating subconsciously stored programs, patterns, behaviors, traumas, things that have gotten stuck that when they get stuck without us even knowing it, right. From all of these memories that we're processing 24 seven, um, they create an emotional charge. And when there's an emotional charge that's unprocessed in the body, they develop as present day dis-ease, disorder, dysfunction. They develop as present day behavioral patterns and relational struggles and financial stresses and all of these things. And in our conscious minds, we're thinking, oh, I feel this way because of X, Y, and Z. And it's not quite true. It's coming from a completely different place. And so this is a process where we walk clients through their subconscious mind. It's a roadmap of helping them understand where emotions are stored, how to process them, how to harmonize them on an epigenetic level so that we can actually shift and change our sensory perception, our lenses of belief. We can actually raise consciousness and raise our vibration in a sustainable way so that we can communicate with the genes, switch certain ones on and off so that you know we don't have to adhere to the paradigm of intergenerational trauma. It's just not true. And at the same time, on the other end of the spectrum, you know, this whole paradigm around like thoughts create reality and you can manifest whatever you want. Those are really nice sentiments, but, and they're true, but they're not quite enough if you don't understand the neuroscience of it, because the neuroscience is what gives the foundation. It gives the substance to all of these principles. And so when somebody hears the word subconscious, even today, even though that is a neuroscientific word, there are misperceptions that it's spiritual and woo woo and whatever people are like, Oh, that's just this etheric realm. And that is why I'm so passionate about bringing science into this healing system because it's quantum. And when you understand quantum physics, you understand that everything is energy. We are energy. We are created from atoms and matter, right? So all those just factual statements help support this type of work where, you know, in dreams, our dreams are so wacky because they're all in the subconscious. They're interconnected. There are you know, uh, neurological reasons for why we drop into sleep states. And it's interesting because going back to sleep paralysis, you and me would call it sleep paralysis, or we'd call it ghost press because we understand what those phrases mean. But for somebody else who's more like 
scientific or factual base. They might just look at it from the uh, neurological lens and they might actually drop into what happens to the brain in different REM patterns and different stages of sleep. And so my desire, my goal, my passion on the planet is to use this system because it's so comprehensive, because it combines Eastern and Western medicine, because it's ever evolving to help meet people where they are with the language that they speak. Because this is not a method of, oh, you speak my language to understand what this is. This is like, let me meet you where you are and you know, pick and choose certain elements that really resonate so that you can understand this better in your body, right? Right. Yeah, I think that's key too, because with the woo-woo factor of spirituality, metaphysics or whatever people want to call it, it's it's deeper than that. And it, it it's what we all are. Like you said, we're all, you know, um, uh, energy beings in physical bodies having these experiences. So being able to access that and helping people ver- going down that trail and down that track or map or whatever it looks like for them is so important because they can get the help they need versus going, oh, I'm just going to, you know, Paige and Teresa and they're doing, talking this woo-woo spiritual stuff. No, this is like making, I always say it's about making spirituality practical. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hello, we have to make this shit practical because we're on the planet, have these experiences. And if we don't, well, if we don't, I mean, you, people can continue on the way they are, but I have a feeling we're at this brinky, this breaking point right now. Um, I almost said brink, but it's kind of like, I see like a little cliff. <laughs> people are like, what really is going on here? Yeah. What's going on in my body? What are all the, what am I feeling? Cause you know, the, the, a lot of the Western is not working. They're wanting to put more things in your body to, sh- to make chaos inside of you versus, you know, being more natural. So, you know, how do I wake up and, exp- and work through all this that I'm feeling all this in my head. Yeah. So the lifeline technique is, is brilliant. And I've been working with it for a while now too, with um, one of your, um, your colleagues. And so mm-hmm. it's been life-changing for myself and the different, the variations of, like you said, the science and the spirituality coming together and just understanding all that I'm going through and putting together for myself. What does this mean for me? Oh, that's the shift I need. It's, it is just brilliant. So talk a little about your sessions page of how you would, how you would work with a client. Sure. So in session, and this is partially like answering that former question too, about what are the tools as far as understanding how to manage the mind, how to manage the body, how to have them work together in this very harmonious way. Um, we start the session with something called the connection, which is acupuncture without needles. And when you understand, like even that sounds so wild, right? But when you even understand that everything is energy, that we are co-creating a particular conversation right now, because it's us together. And that if I talk to somebody else, we could say the same words and it would feel very different, right? And so we'll start by doing acupuncture without needles. We'll get aligned with the mind, body, spirit so that we can kind of create this energy of an induction, right? Because when we're in an inducted state, then we can drop into our truth. We can drop into these inexplicable things that just start rising to the surface. Then we will go ahead and start with an observation process. We observe the physical symptoms of the body. We observe the emotional stresses of life and how the psychosomatic embodiment of your current existence is impacting you, right? And then we will set a, an intention. And we set an intention to train the mind to follow the heart. The heart is thousands of times more powerful frequency-wise. It's actually the conductor of the entire electromagnetic field of your body. So when the mind, which is just go, 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 starts being trained to listen to the heart, we can drop into a deeper state of existence. And it's not enough to think happy thoughts. I've said it a million times, the intention, self-affirmations, they're great starts, but then you have to actually manifest 
on a physiological level that frequency in order for it to be sustainable. So we drop into what's called the conscious mind portal and we'll do aspects of neuro-linguistic programming. We'll say a lot of statements to help folks get into that reactive place on purpose. We want to trigger the mind so that we can harmonize that frequency and raise the vibration to a new level. Um, we'll do a conscious body portal, which is all about harmonizing the symptoms of the body. And we do that through conscious observation as well. Um, and then we get into a core limiting belief portal. Limiting beliefs drive every single human's existence on the planet. No matter how enlightened, no matter how spiritual, we all have them and they all come from somewhere. So we work with the yogic chakra center um, system and we locate where in the body certain limiting beliefs are living and how those limiting beliefs impact our senses, our mind, our eyes, our nose, our um, mouth, our sense of touch, all these things. And we'll go in and we'll harmonize them by using chakra therapy, sound therapy, aromatherapy, color therapy, all different types of things. And then we bring in traditional Chinese medicine, the five element theory to locate certain emotions and which emotions are living in those chakra centers and in the senses. Again, we just observe them, we harmonize them. And then we'll go into a lot of intricate detail about like what memory is coming forth to really show that it's been that broadcasting signal. Where are those present day symptoms and those present day stressors coming from? And how can we integrate that memory, that dialogue a little bit more with this part that's coming up? And so um, essentially we just raise the vibration of this memory, this trauma, and it's all subconscious. And so it can be a non-content process. It's not therapy, right? It's not designed to treat, cure, or diagnose anything. However, when we shift our perception on a physiological level, when we raise vibration of trauma, our body naturally starts to heal. And so these symptoms and these stressors are goals that we actually get to move through and, and focus on getting to a different place. And the, the key of this work is applied kinesiology, which is muscle reflex testing. And we'll use it to communicate with the subconscious mind. And we can do that remotely. We can do it in person or remote, but you know, the mind doesn't know the difference between memory and reality and imagination. So it doesn't know that I'm not in a physical room with you right now. So I could muscle test on behalf of you right now, knowing that we're tapping into that energy field. So it's an extremely powerful, extremely in-depth and very comprehensive process. And for all the types of works that I've explored, including clinical herbalism, you know, cranial sacral therapy, I've studied a bunch of different alternative modalities or done apprentice, uh, apprenticeships to learn certain things as well, you know, um, this is the most comprehensive and sustainable system that I have found for healing. And, and I wouldn't be able to say that if I haven't walked my walk, right? Exactly. And what mm -hmm. I love about the lifeline technique is that um, each time it's different. So it meets me at a place of where I'm at, what I'm going through. And, and so there's different, like you mentioned, all these unique tools you have within this technique is that then what is needed at this moment for this soul. Mm -hmm. That's super cool to me because just having that ability to kind of like, you know, um, I need this today page and I needed that yesterday or, you know, just like meeting me where I'm at. It's just That's an cool. absolutely beautiful technique. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And letting people understand the subconscious mind and the role that it plays in their life is so innately healing because a client might come in and say like, I want to work through this today. I had this happen yesterday. She says, I want to work through this today. And then she's brought to a completely different memory and seeing the connection between how that memory that you'd never expect to talk about is actually connecting to present day experience is such a humbling, mystical journey. And, you know, ultimately I work really hard to educate clients, even though they don't really have to understand this process for it to work, just so that they can have uh, 
a language, have a vocabulary, have resources to really help their like mental diet, right? The things that they talk, the things that they ingest, the things that they see and, you know, have different resources to really understand the modern science movement. And it's even silly to call it that because to me, it's just like science, capital S, like there's nothing else because it's so true. Um, And Western medicine is, you know, really uh, a recent modality compared to a lot of the ancient traditions. And so to see that that takes precedence over everything else is really silly to me. Um, So just allowing people to, to really find their way in the system, knowing that it is going to do what it's designed to do and that there are shifts that will be felt immediately. And interestingly, you know, like we've been mentioning co-creation a little bit, like the third eye center, which is our psychic intelligence, our intuition, our divine knowing, and then the crown chakra, which is all about our connection to spirit, to source, to the universe, whatever you want to call it. A lot of folks associate these things as well as like a woo-woo extraneous thing. And in the attempt to make these principles practical, like you say, I feel it's so important for people to start looking inward first, because even though we say the crown is associated with the universe, with source, with creator, it's also your connection to you, your highest self. It's your connection to other people. And so even if you don't see, you know, a greater power or a higher power, which, you know, I'm sure your listeners all have, but even if not, if there's one person listening, who's like, I don't even know what that means. Right see if there's a way to connect to somebody else in your highest self. And when you connect to your highest self, which maybe is located through a a really amazing conversation with somebody, or you notice a a synchronicity and you're able to make a connection between why that's happening and the moment that it's happening. Um, Those are crown chakra moments. And so like you say, they happen every single day. It's not just about prayer. It's not just about yoga. It's not just about, you know, nature. It's like all of it in one but the thing that brings it to fruition is the mind. So first we have to work with and through the mind and the way that it's programmed and designed in order to understand how to access those realms, right? Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah, and what comes to me too as you're talking about that is also it's um, for, the, for each person to, to know they have that inner ability to heal. Mm-hmm. And so what you're offering, what other people are offering in the world, it really is just um, a pathway, if you resonate with, with, you know, the work and the energy and how to get to where you need to go, because that's how I have found things. I mean, like the things have opened over the years, like, you know, I used to do like trans mediumship and just, you know, weird esoteric stuff, which helped me open. And that's the, the way that I needed to do it because each person is unique. So how Paige yeah. gets to her place at the end of this, this lifetime is going to be unique. How I get there is going to be unique. And I love the way you mentioned that you call uniqueness mosaic. That's oh, yeah. Beautiful yes. page. When I, was, oh, I mean, I know you're a writer too, but I was like, that's really cool. Cause I always talk about, you know, unique uniqueness, but yeah, I love that mosaic because that just gives a picture of the beautiful tapestry that we all hold within and what we vibrate and share out in the world, like what you're doing today with your beautiful work and, and the passion you have behind it. I'm just so honored to to have you here today, Paige, and have you share this with my listeners. It's beautiful work. Mm, thank you so much. And I feel the same about you. And I'm so grateful for, you know, being able to share these principles to folks who are really seeking something, like even just a nugget of one thing that might resonate. And, you know, these principles have been talked about cyclically in all these different systems and all these different modalities. There's always a common thread amongst them. And in the modern science movement, which encapsulates so many modalities from Eastern and Western medicine combined. Um, but the way that it's approached is different. And in this movement, 
the innate principle, which you just shared, is that the body is designed to heal. It's designed to regenerate. It's designed to be whole. And that alone, if you really sit and integrate that truth, see what happens when you have symptoms, see what happens when certain stressors happen, because then you can start asking questions. And that question that you're asking is actually a dialogue that your body is needing to have with you so that it's not something that's like othered and abandoned and self-shamed, you know, because that's only going to perpetuate dis-ease and disorder. So to really help people, you know, wherever they are, I love the lifeline because it's so comprehensive. I always say there's one element, even just one element that every single person can relate to. And every single session is different, right? And it's always coming from guidance. And whether we call that the subconscious mind or we call that spirit, it's all the same, right? Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, Just a unique, amazing way to to bring forth a technique and tools that people can access that I can tell you work. And you can say that too, right, Paige? It's this shit works. (laughs) Yes, it does. And I love like, I love your your background too that you've shared because ultimately I do end up seeing a lot of folks who have tried so much. They're like, it's just not sustainable. Like getting a massage is nice, but I have to go back every single week. And, you know, doing Reiki is amazing, but it doesn't sustain itself. And all these things, which I love all of the modalities, they have a home, they have a time, they have a place, there is value. But the way that it's combined plus the practitioner that resonates for you is pure gold. And so for you to come in and say, I've tried everything. And I came into this practice and I was like, I tried everything. Like I'm done. Like there is no plan B. This is what it has to be. And to experience that in my body and to be able to like live that truth is the only evidence I need to know that it works. Right. And so for everyone, I just wish for them to have their own experience because when you have that, you know, for yourself, that's all you need. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that comes to me also about this conversation is the fact that knowing, going back to the beginning where we talked about night terrors and entities and beings and, and just giving that understanding that if other people out there that are listening that have had these experiences that you're not crazy, mm-hmm. you're normal. That, mm-hmm. I mean, this like, you know, like-minded community of people that understand what you're going through and it just reaching out if you need some support and help but with Paige and, you know, and just getting that for yourself and knowing that, yeah, you're not, you don't have to do it alone. You know, there's support for you, your journey, where you're at when you get to that point, right? Cause everyone has to get to a certain point. I did too of this, this is not working. And then something else showed up. So, you know, it's just, yeah, yeah. accessing it that way. Absolutely. And, you know, I understand the multi-layered environments or context that can contribute to pathology And so for folks who have had spiritual or psychic experiences, but that was um, condemned or that was pathologized or that was called crazy by maybe not you, but the the people around you, like use that as your guide to know what's in alignment and what's not in alignment. Like find your truth first and be like, I know that I had this wicked, awesome experience, but I feel like I can't talk about it with my family. or I feel like I can't talk about it with my friends. Like go elsewhere because there's a whole community of people who are ready, waiting, wanting to welcome you into it, to have these conversations. And, you know, it is an extremely scary, sometimes an extremely isolating experience to have these incidences where you can't talk about it, or you feel that muted experience because that can contribute to a whole other realm of disease and dysfunction. So these things are, you know, supposed to happen. They happen for a reason. And they're also supposed to be healed in community because that's part of being human. Like having spiritual experiences is humanness. And so just being able to express your fullest authentic self can't really happen without 
these two power centers, right? That's two out of seven of our main chakra centers. And so just knowing that um, self-validation is so important, especially in those moments where maybe you're not validated by other people. Mm. I'm going to say a big aho, a big amen, a big, <laughs> I hear you paid girl. Yes. I'm on board. <laughs> yes. Aho. I love it. I love it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little bit about how people can get in touch with you. I know you have innerrealmwellness.com. Dot life, actually. Yeah, oh, it's okay. dot life. So there isn't innerrealmwellness.com, but I'm innerrealmwellness.life, which I thought was so perfect for this type oh, of life. work. Okay, I will make yeah. sure that is in the show notes correctly. Perfect. So Yes, that's okay. It's, you know, I really like the dot life because I feel like the, the business, the work, my passion is all about enhancing life and bringing life to, you know, our experience on the planet. So that was just like a perfect synchronicity for me. And so innerrealmwellness.life is my website. Um, at innerrealmwellness is my Instagram handle. So there's a lot of content on there. I post tons of videos about random things and the subconscious and how it impacts our life in ways that we might not expect. So that is available as well. My email is page at innerrealmwellness.life. So you can always get in touch with me if you have questions, comments, if you'd like to connect, you can always book a session um, either through email or on my website. So that is all available. And then Facebook is facebook.com slash wellness. So I'm available on all platforms. Awesome. And all of that will be in the show notes, the correct ones. So they'll get a hold of you and it has been a pleasure. So uh, I will say to you, infinite love and gratitude, Paige. Infinite love and gratitude. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. This is such a beautiful conversation. It sure was. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you listeners for listening in to another episode of Enthusiastically Spiritual. And again, a big thanks to Paige. I hope that you check out all of her services and what she's, what she's offering and doing in the world in our show notes. And also, if you love this episode and love this podcast and would love to support me and the podcast, please check out Buy Me a Coffee in the show notes. And until next week, please remember that life is too short to not be enthusiastic about your unique journey. Believe it or not, when you arrived back for another life, you were enthusiastic to be here. If you've lost that enthusiastic feeling, well, there's a way to reawaken it. It's by embracing a bigger spiritual picture of your life as a soul and igniting the feeling of spiritual freedom within. So if you are ready and needing some more enthusiastic mojo for your life, follow the link in the show notes where you can access a free video series created by the Wayshowers College and start recapturing the enthusiasm you have within for your unique journey.